Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. And today we are talking about building a memorial before God. Before God. Last week, I found out that one of our pastors, one of our pastor couples, I'll not tell you who they are, they lead a location that starts with a letter of the alphabet. <laughs> yeah. I found out that they had given to this church over the, this year alone over 70 million shillings. Yeah. yeah. And these are the pastors. So they do the praying, they do the fasting, they do the preaching, then they also do the giving. I was challenged to my soles of my feet completely. I was like, this is not happening. What? Yeah. Wow. That's what we call building a memorial. Now some of you are wondering, are you sure that's building? Wait, just hold on. Hold on. I'm coming. You'll soon be on the same page with me. But first, why are we doing this? Because Jesus, who lives eternally, eternally begotten and not made, that, that says the, the, the Nicene Creed, when he had a short, a slim window of opportunity, yeah, tell your neighbor, even those at home, you have a short window of opportunity. He had a very short window of opportunity of only 33 years, out of which he was only going to use the tithe three years. When he had that small window of opportunity and he needed to make impact that would last forever, he didn't build a school, he didn't start a university, he didn't set up a business, he didn't even start an NGO, he did not run for political office. Now, all those things are important and good and we must do them. But those are above the ground. He did stuff that goes to the root. He went about preaching, teaching, and healing. That's what he did. And the only place which is exclusively set up for that purpose on earth today, which he said he will build, is the church. So if you want to get into the family business of heaven, get in line with building the church. Where there is preaching, teaching, and healing. That's the, that's the family business. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Not Harold, be your name. Hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. If you believe God is your Father and you want to partake of the eternal heavenly business, it is preaching, teaching, healing. Even as you do the rest, even as you run businesses, I run businesses. Even as you run for political office, I don't run for political office. Even as you, you run that NGO, I, I think I run a few. I'm on a few boards. Even as, even as you do all those things, don't forget the foundation. Because you cannot educate sin out of a man. You cannot tread sin out of a man. 
You cannot employ sin out of a man. I'm preaching better than you're listening. Yeah. Where, where is the crowd that was up? Yeah. One preacher said, you can take the sinner to church. You can teach the sinner to sing church songs. You can do all of that. But God requires one thing of the sinner. The sinner. Execution. The sinner must die. And be raised in Christ Jesus. That's what will matter. All these accolades on earth. No. There is a time limit to your current greatness on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Your titles what? There is a time limit. Yeah. Wow. What is that? D. Okay. There is a time limit. So Jesus went about preaching, teaching and, and healing. Now, I want us to st step up the gears a little bit. So we, say, we are saying we are doing three things. Win the lost, disciple the found, and send the disciple. And now we are saying, I want, I want to give you some suggestion today. Because many of you are saying, if we all become pastors, who will we pastor? Yeah. So I want to, that's why I always kept adding support the above. You can accelerate this mission of reaching the lost, discipling the found, and sending the disciple by, watch this, giving generously, praying always, and fasting regularly. Giving generously, praying always, and fasting regularly. I'll repeat it. Giving generously, praying always, and fasting regularly. Specifically for this mission of church planting and evangelism and discipleship. I know some of you are still, you're fasting for spouse. What? Okay, that's fine. But now I'm talking about for this mission. Can I have a witness? <laughs> Amen. So that's what I want us to do. I want us to investigate the idea of building a memorial before God. Amen. Now, a little while ago, I asked people online if they remembered their relatives of a hundred years ago, their ancestors, and the majority did not. Now, I want you to imagine it's 2120. And the beautiful, anointed, handsome you, no one remembers you. Why? Because of how you lived your life. Yeah. You see, some of us, the way we live our lives, we deserve to be forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. It's not God. It's you. Because God has given you an opportunity to be remembered and you've discarded it. You're living for the flesh. I know I sound a little bit interesting these days through this series, but the problem is when you are not told the truth. If, if you have malaria plus plus, and then they keep telling you, no, 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 it's just the skin itching. My friend, you're going to die for nothing. Yeah, they, would be, they would better tell you the real truth, that this is your problem. You're living in the flesh, you're living for the temporal, and you'll be forgotten soon. 
But there is, and the only people who could remember their ancestors of 100 years ago, their ancestors were either involved in church, they built churches, or they led churches, or they were involved in, in the local governments of the time. They were chiefs. Concluding that it's only those who live their lives for the sake of others who actually get remembered. So that's a clue for you. You don't, you don't have to perish like a, a, a god. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Because, you know, animals have the same body parts as you. In fact, in some cases, they are superior to human beings. That's why the fastest animal on earth is not a human being. Human beings can't fly. Birds can fly. Human beings can hardly swim. Fish can swim effectively, efficiently. Birds can fly for thousands of kilometers across continents and go back where they came from and identify the very nest they left behind without using any equipment. Human beings can't do that. Your only advantage is your brain. And if you don't use it, then you reduce yourself to living a certain way. But... I'm talking about building a memorial. So, why is it that only those people who had lived a certain way could be remembered? Because that's how life is organized. You can't change it. It doesn't matter. Acts 10, Acts 10, verse 1 and 2. Those in studio and at home, do not let the word of God depart from your mouth. So let's read together. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called the Italian Regiment. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Wow! This is a good story from th more than 2,000 years ago. They are talking about a man. Yeah. For a while. 2,000 years. 2,000. Some people 20 years and no one is saying anything. 2,000 years later. Some of you are football fans. I don't know whether you, you once in a while stop and wonder about some of the greats of only 10 years ago, where they are and what they are doing. Because they occupied our conversation, our television screens, and our arguments. But now, you know not, where is Gabriel Batistuta? Diego Folan. Roberto Baggio. Romario. The other day, one who is considered the greatest in that sport died. Diego. And the whole country is in one somber mode of mourning. But there were intervening years between when he was playing and when he died. But there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. <clears throat> uh, when I was reading this, I started seeing details in scripture that uh, can, you can miss. Like certain man. 
Do you know when they say certain man, you can be tempted not to think about it until you think about the word certain? <laughs> certain, specific, particular. There was a specific, particular, individual person, man, in a specific, particular city called Caesarea who had a specific particular name Cornelius you see God deals with individuals and sometimes you are tempted to live as if you are just a statistic on the Ugandan government's list like no one knows you (coughs) my friend God knows your name God knows your profession a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. He even knows where I work. He knows your job. He knows your name. He knows your home address. He knows your place. He knows you live in Chaliwajara on, on, on Princess Avenue uh, at such and such a plot and, and you work in Chireka, you know. Let's extend it a bit. A specific, a particular, there was a what? A certain man. It doesn't say there was a man. It doesn't say there was some man. It doesn't say there were one of the men. No, 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 no. Some people, heaven takes note of all their particulars because of the way they live. Yeah. Mama, mama. You see, this man, I don't have time to go through all the details of this man, but heaven saw knew his address. They even sent an angel straight to his house. The angel didn't go around looking the, around the neighborhood. When I, where is Cornelius? Then they start saying, now you jump the border stage, pass a cow, you find a dog, then you ask around there. No, 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 no. Specific, specific people. Am I making sense? Mama. God knows your address. God knows your profession. God knows your age. God knows you're single. And God knows you want a husband. He knows. (laughs) There was a certain man in Caesarea called. You see, we could preach a sermon on just that line before the comma. A certain man in Caesar. Who are you? Why are you here? And where are you going? Those are the questions that human beings have failed to answer. That's why they drink bitter stuff. Yeah. 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 Human beings have failed to answer those questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? But I can tell you, like the writer said, He knows my name. He knows my every thought. And He sees each tear that falls. And He hears me when I call. Cornelius was a devout 
man. It means a godly, holy, reverent man. Devout. And it says one who feared God with all his household. Now imagine this guy's job. This guy is a commander in an occupying army. So he's not supposed to be liked. He's not supposed to be nice. By, by way of his job and profession, he's supposed to be the enemy of the people. He's supposed to be the one people are cursing day and night. He's supposed to be the, 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 the. yeah. And yet this man, God knew him. Because instead of being like everyone else in his profession, he says he gave arms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Now this man wasn't a, an Israelite. He wasn't a Christian. And I kept asking, why was he generous? And why was he praying? Yeah, how was he even praying to God? Because for us, we have opportunity to pray in the name of Jesus. If he was Jewish, he would be praying to the one true God whom they teach in the synagogue. But he wasn't. How did he even discern that there is a God? Because in that time, in, in, in the Roman Empire, people had many, many gods. But this man left aside all the pagan gods of the empire and started praying to a god he couldn't see instead of statues that people could see. Wow. There was something special about Cornelius. So he gave arms generously to the people. He prayed to God always. He always, always. There's something else he did, by the way. So have you seen how did he give alms generously? Uh-uh, no, rather, how did he give? Generously. That's a very important word because everyone gives. And how often did he pray? All right. Something else he did. Verse, give me 10, verse 30. Give me verse 30 so we see what else he did. He says, so Cornelius said, talking to Peter, four days ago I was fasting until this hour. Wow. So he gave arms generously. He prayed always and he fasted regularly. He gave arms generously. He prayed always and he fasted regularly. Let me tell your neighbor, give generously. Pray always. Fast regularly. Is that confusing in any way? Yeah. As in when you say you're going to give, let it be generous. If you say you're going to pray, let it be always. If you say you're going to fast, let it be regular. Amen, amen, amen. I said you can accelerate this mission of reaching the lost, discipling the found, and sending the disciple by. Well, how do you do it? By giving generously. Uh huh. Praying always and Jesus in teaching in Matthew chapter 6 gives us some three faith keys as to how you unlock the grace that God has placed in your life. Because grace is God's work. Faith is God's gift to you. 
to unlock the grace he gives you. Matthew chapter 6, verses 3 to 4. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. There are open rewards for giving. There are open rewards for giving. Uh, Cain discerned that his brother's first fruit offering had been accepted by the results he was seeing in his life because his brother was younger. So in others, Cain had been in business longer and yet this guy was overtaking him. His sales were through the roof. The phone was ringing off the hook. Customers were calling, Abel, Abel, we want ship, ship, send, send. International shipping had and Cain is like, look, my maze, I can hardly get it across to the next village. What's wrong with this? So he started planning to kill him. That's, the, you know, that's the problem. People, when they don't have the results, instead of going to ask those who are succeeding, what, how are you doing it? They just decide to hate them and kill them. Today, people don't kill with uh, uh, tools and what they kill on social media. Yeah, they kill with words. Yeah. You know, you are under the assumption that people love you. Try and succeed and you'll know. You'll, you try and succeed in life. All your illusions of people loving you will disappear very quickly. I guarantee you. Why? Human beings. <laughs> Quietness Presbyterian has joined. Yeah, so wow, people are looking at they are not seeing the shipping part in the book of Genesis. <laughs> so he killed. So God is like, hey, 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 you, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Like, you know what to do. Just go do, ask your brother what he's been doing. Do that. Instead, he killed him. Wow. Tell your neighbor, God himself will reward you openly. You see, the problem with these kind of rewards, when they come, you can't hide. Yeah. yeah. God rewards you and you can't hide the blessing. You can't hide the blessing. <laughs> Matthew 6, verse 6, he says, but, what, but you, when you pray, not if you pray, says, when you give, not if you give. When you pray, go into your room. He assumes you have one. And when you have shut your door, he assumes your room has a door. Pray to your father, who is in the what? Secret place. And your father. Eh? Your father. Not, not your boss. No, no, not your pastor. No, no, no. Not your rich uncle for whom you think is going to make the biggest contribution to your wedding. No, 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 no. No, 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 not your auntie. No, 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 no. No. Not your boyfriend. Yeah. Whom you're trying to detooth. No. Who? Your father. Who does what? Sees in secret. What will he do? He will reward you open 
people will soon acknowledge you that you are different because they will see the reward of God in your life. Amen, amen. Wow. He will reward you openly. Jesus spent a lot of time praying and people could not resist the wisdom with which he preached because he prayed. Now, if Jesus prayed, eh? <laughs> you and I, we must pray. When Cornelius prayed always. A man who didn't know God prayed always. You, you know the Lord through Jesus Christ. And Wow. Verse 17 to 18. But you, when you fast, say when you fast. Mama, mama. Mm. Please don't subject the word fast to too many interpretations. Yeah. 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 Let's just not complicate it. Yeah. Some people about they fast social media, others they fast in Senene. Others they fast seafood, others they fast seeing their friends. What no 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 no. We are talking about necessary food, going without necessary food. But you when you fast, I need I need to hurry up. Anoint your head. And wash your face. Yeah. Don't come around looking like ash. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting. In other words, you know you're fasting well when people can't tell that you're fasting. Yeah. He says, but to your father who is in the secret place. Those who have been fasting, God knows your fasting. And he says, your father who sees in sick will reward you openly, openly. When the testimonies start coming, no one will deny it. Yeah. Cornelius, a man who sought after God but did not know God, did these three things. He gave generously. He prayed always. And he fasted regularly. And the Bible says later on, I'm going to come back after Pastor Angela. He says that your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Like God is there in heaven and, and, and your descends praying, giving, fasting. And then he starts building a thing right there before the throne. And God cannot help but look at it and say, eh, 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 eh. This must be the worship of this downtown people here, here. A memorial before God. What a wow. Wow. I'm preaching good. I know it. I know it. I know it by, by the Spirit. Memorial. Now, let me take a side route and then I'll invite Pastor Angela. Then I'll come back about this memorial thing. If I forget, please remind me about the memorial. Let me tell you something about giving, praying, and fasting, and why. Hmm? This one I tell you, this is free. Why giving is your best shot at starting to unlock the grace of God in your life. Yeah. Because I know all of you, you are going to go and do all three. Even, yeah. But, but, giving. Yeah. 
Giving is so much easier than praying and fasting. Yeah. Now, if you don't think that what I'm saying is true, you have a problem, a serious problem. You need to go talk to your location, Pastor. Yeah. Because giving, you can't compare praying and fasting to giving in terms of ease. Giving is scalable. I didn't prepare well today. Where's my, my wallet? Camera, uh, can I go down? Uh, it's okay. So I can go around eh? casually, casually, huh? and get into my wallet and start what? Giving. Giving. Yeah. Hmm? This is what happens when you sit at the front. I just what? I've reached the. the, the. See me. (laughs) Eh? I wasn't prepared. Yeah, I wasn't prepared. Uh, Yeah, if when I prepare, you will know. I've just given. I feel nothing, nothing. I don't feel hunger. I don't feel a loss of energy. I don't feel like I'm spending my time. I, I, I feel nothing. In fact, I feel good. Mm. Yeah, just give 100k. Now, you know, I can scale that to a million shillings and feel nothing. I can scale that to 5 million and feel nothing. And I can do it very quickly like this. I just get on my phone and I can go to my bank and, and click a button and send money to so many people with, without requiring any more of my time at all. Or energy. That's how dangerous giving is. In business, we teach people... Let me give you three kinds of income. Let me tell you three kinds of income. The first kind okay, let me first, let me first finish that theory then I will tell you the example. You see what I just did? Giving, giving. You can scale giving. You can give 10k, you can give a million, you can give 10 million, you can give 10 million in five minutes or, or, or in less. Yeah. You just put it there until people have and then Trust God that there will be no, no, no injuries. In seconds, it's gone. Giving is scalable. Giving is as scalable as product. Those who are in business understand when I say product. Now, prayer is not that scalable. Yeah. Prayer, you have to do it. It doesn't matter how important you think you are. You cannot outsource prayer. You can't say, I'm hiring 10 people to pray on my behalf while I do more important things. No. You must do it. Prayer is like... So, you see how I've shown giving is like selling a product. Let me, let me bring in the example. It's because it's scalable. The people who sell pens, 
they, they make a lot of money because even though the pen is cheap, they sell lots of pens. So they scale their income. Just say, if you ever want to scale your income insanely, get into product. Get out of services. Because the product, you, it can be made in China when you're not there and shipped and distributed and sold and all the money is coming to you and you have no, no idea who works where. That's the power of product. Now, prayer is like self-employment. Hmm? You have to be there for it to work. Yeah. If you don't show up, the shop is not opened. You must be there for it to work. Prayer is a bit like when they pay you per hour. Hmm? Yeah, that's why Jesus says, Haven't, you, have not waited, you, you have not waited even for an hour. In other words, an hour is a good measurement as a starting time to pray. One hour. Yeah, that's Jesus' expectation. Of, that's the lower limit of prayer is an hour. Wow, one hour. The other day, I started listening to Bishop Doug saying, prayer, prayer, what? Preachers, you must be praying three hours plus. So I said, okay, I'm going to try it out. Yeah, I have my place there at home where I pray. I went and put on the music. Five o'clock. No, before five o'clock. Prayed. Usually when you start, you feel weak. You're sleepy. So you wake up, you go to the bathroom, wash your face first and then get out of bed. It doesn't work in bed. Yeah, yeah. Shake your neighbor. No, don't. You are social distanced at home. Tell your neighbor it doesn't work in bed. So, so you get out. So I got out. I went, put on the music and started. You know, usually it starts. So, so. Then as you go on, eh? You gain what? Traction. Momentum. Lekebra. Mambraha. Shaka yababa. Hey! Sitekema. Lekeba. Before you know it, even the neighbors know someone in that house is praying. I pushed. One hour went. You know, usually when you're praying, you'll think you've prayed for two hours. Then you check. It's been seven minutes. Seven minutes. Yeah, that's why you must use, you must have your watch when praying. Yeah, <laughs> two. Your mother's saying two, two minutes. And you think, they're like, I've been here for so long. Leka braha, leka bra. Hey, shataka, lemon. Then I checked. Hey, I was like, when is the first hour passing? I put the music on repeat. So one hour went. I was like, oh, I've succeeded. Then I kept going. Then two hours. Meanwhile, my target was three hours. Bishop Daga said, if you're a preacher, three hours. By the time I reached around two hours and a half, I was like, surely heaven has had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, at that time, all the, all the energy of Reka Bababa had, yeah, all that energy, yeah, had come back down to Shekemo. Shake him up. <laughs> Shake him up. <laughs> Shake him up. <laughs> Shake him up. <laughs> you have only one tongue left. Shake him up. 
Sé que Sé que Yeah. Yeah. At, at two hours, 40 minutes, I went and had breakfast. <laughs> Prayer compared to giving. No, 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 no. It's a completely different ball game. Yeah. That's why if you want to build a memorial, focus on giving first. Now, I told you, giving is like product. I've sold so many straightforward financial growth books. I make money every week. But praying is like what? You're paid by, by the hour. Now fasting. You want us to talk about fasting. Fasting is like employment. You're paid per month, per the day. Like it only counts when you clock in in the morning and clock out in the evening. Because unlike prayer where it says wait for an hour, fasting it's a day, two days, three days. Yeah, yeah. You can't say, me, I've fasted for one hour. No, 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 no. <laughs> we will just send you back into the fasting chamber. Yeah, you, yeah. Fasting is counted in days. It's completely unscalable. Also, you can't outsource it. Yeah. You can't say, the noise fasting on my behalf. No. You do it yourself. So the other day, I took it upon myself to fast a dry fast for three days. For those who don't know, a dry fast is where you don't eat anything and you don't drink anything for the time that the entire time you have said you're going to fast. So no dinner, no breakfast, no lunch, nothing, nothing. Yeah. I've done it before. That, that dry fast by the third day, eh? Your muscles don't work. <laughs> yeah. When they say that the spirit is willing, the body is weak, that's exactly what they mean. So recently I tried again. So day one passed. I focused on God, read the word, encouraged myself in the Lord. I came and prayed. I went back home. Day two came. Now, usually, in life, maybe you walk like this, with a bounce. Yeah? Like this. By day two of your fast, eh, the legs, they don't know. All your strides have become shorter. You walk like this, and slowly, everyone thinks. Yeah. You're like, you're no longer in a hurry. You have, you have become deep in the Lord. The depth. Yeah. When you're in that kind of fast, you see, when you go to the staircase, eh? the handrail is your best friend. It's as if it's the handrail taking you up. So you go slowly like this. So I went through the second day successfully and slept. On the third day, I came here to pray at Nalia in the morning. It was still early dark. I was so weak. And so hungry that I went to my office, yeah, and made a cup of black tea with some sugar. Let me tell you the impact of that cup of tea. 
when I started drinking that tea, I started crying. <coughs> I started crying. Real tears like this. <laughs> yeah. That tea was so good, it made me cry. <laughs> so I advise you, start with giving. <coughs> start with giving. Welcome with me, Pastor Angela, too. Exhort us on giving. Oh my gosh. Wow, wow, guys. Start with giving. And I'm here to talk to you about the grace of giving. Yes. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Second Corinthians 8, 1 to 9. We're going to read together. We're going to read from the NKJV and then we're going to read from the AMP C. Let's read together. It says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. This is the word of the Lord. Let's read from Amp C, Amp Classified. We want to tell you, Father, brethren, about the grace, the favor and spiritual blessing of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia, arousing in them the desire to give alms. For in the midst of an ordeal of a severe tribulation, their abundance of joy and their depth of poverty together have overflowed in wealth of lavish generosity on their part. For as I can bear witness, they gave according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, and they did it voluntarily, begging us most insistently for the favor and the fellowship of contributing in this ministration for the relief and support of the saints in Jerusalem. Nor was this gift of theirs merely the contribution that we expected, but first they gave themselves to the Lord and to us as his agents by the will of God entirely disregarding their personal interests. They gave as much as they possibly could, having put themselves at our disposal to be directed by the will of God. 
So much so that we have urged Titus that as he began in it, he should also complete this beneficent and gracious contribution among you, the church at Corinth. Now, as you are bound and excel and at the front in everything, in faith, in expressing yourself, in knowledge, in all zeal, and in your love for us, see to it that you come to the front now and abound and excel in this gracious work of almsgiving also. I give this not as an order to dictate to you, but to prove by pointing out the zeal of others, the sincerity of your own love also. For you are becoming progressively acquainted and recognizing most strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing, in that though he was so very rich, yet for your sakes he became so very poor, in order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. So Paul is encouraging the church of Corinth, okay, using the example of the Macedonians to give. The Macedonians were going through stress, okay? The church was being attacked. In fact, there had been war, okay? So on the one side, there's war. On the other side, the church is being attacked. And today I stand in the place of Paul, encouraging you worship harvest to give. Encouraging you, whoever is watching, to give like the Macedonians did. The Corinthians were reluctant, conservative, and cautious. Does that sound like a church we know? Reluctant, conservative, cautious. But I need to pay school fees. But I'm not sure what they're using that money for. The Macedonians were ready. They were willing. They were eager. They were generous. Today, these noble Macedonians would have been called fanatics. Yes. How is it that you're giving two million to the land campaign when you know that your child has to go to school next term? Those are the reasons we give. How is it? that you're giving this money before Christmas, when you had plans to travel at Christmas, cautious, using our wisdom. Second Corinthians 8.5 says, And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then to us by the will of God. Ground zero of giving is commitment to God. Commitment to God. You see, this is the thing. What does it look like to give yourself to God? Let's look at 1 John 3.16. 1 John 3.16 says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. That's giving ourselves to God. Okay? Another example of giving ourselves to God, Matthew 16.24. Pastor B3 taught from here, and I, I died. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That is what it means to give yourself to God. So then they gave themselves to God and then they also gave themselves to their leaders and to the vision of their leaders. Okay? Acts 2, 42 to 45 says, And they continued steadfastly. 
in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed, so I want you to see a pattern. They gave themselves to God, and they gave themselves to their leaders, and they started to give. Let's continue. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So this is the thing. If you're struggling to give, the first thing you need to do is give yourself to God. That means deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Give yourselves to the vision of the church. And then you're going to give. Because it is only after they had given themselves to God and given themselves to the leader that they were released to give the way that they did. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Do you believe John 3? Do you believe in the word? Is there any part in the word that's a lie? Is there any part in the word that's a lie? Eh, eh. So what does Philippians 4.19 say? And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Is that what the word of God says? So can you say no to giving because you have a need? Can you say no to giving because you have a need? Because what does the word say? And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God who gave you those children who need to go to school is now asking you to plant churches. Let me say that again. God who gave you those children is asking you, not is now. Is asking you in Matthew 28, go make disciples. Yeah, he knows you have a wife. He knows you have a child. He knows you have children. He knows you have a business. But the one thing he's told us to go and do is to make disciples. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. So is it right for us to say that we do not have? Because you have said that the word of God is true. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if we are giving ourselves to God, realize that we give ourselves to God, we lay down our lives, and he's going to take care of us. Because Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and he will not do? Or has he spoken and he will not make it good? If he says he'll supply, is he a liar? If he's asking you to commit yourself to God and to your leaders. And to give. Are we saying that uh -uh, there's a thing there where he's lying? No. No. So ground zero. Commit yourself to God. If I ask some people here, I don't know, to commit yourselves to my husband, you wouldn't because you don't know him. Hmm? But if you took time to commit yourself to him, you would know him. So the reason we are not able to commit ourselves to God is because we do not know the God that we serve. And therefore we do not know the mission he's calling us to. Yes. Let's commit ourselves to God. And then he showed us that he's leading us through our shepherds. 
He's leading us through our shepherds. Okay? We've been learning in school of means that when you're following someone, if I, Pastor Florence cannot drive to my parents' home, so she would have to follow in the car behind me. When I turn right, she turns right. When I turn left, she turns left. Okay? She doesn't know where she's going, but she has to trust and believe that I am taking her to my parents' home. So if the direction I'm turning is 5 a.m. prayer, if she says I'm not going to pray, she's going to lose the way. She will not treat. If the direction I'm now taking is give to land, if she doesn't for answers, ah, she will not reach my parents' home. Give yourselves to God. Commit yourselves to your leaders. If you're struggling to give, if you do those two things, it's going to happen. We've seen two examples in Acts and in Macedonia. What are the other things we see? They gave when they were in a condition that the Bible calls a great trial of affliction. So I looked up the meaning of the word affliction. Affliction is something that makes you suffer. An affliction is mental or bodily pain, pain, sickness, loss, calamity, an event causing great, great and often sudden damage or distress, persecution. The church was going through persecution. What God is saying, that in the specific manner of giving, a child of God can continue to give even when they are facing trial, even when they are facing affliction. Do you understand? Because, you know, it's that thing, because you've given yourself to God, you see eternity. You see eternity. You know that all these are light afflictions, as Paul calls them. Was COVID an affliction? Did we not continue to give? Yes. And people gave generously. What else do we see? We see that they had abundant joy, even though they were afflicted. People, there's a thing that happens when you commit yourself to God and to your leaders. You know that you're taken care of. My son and daughter do not know COVID. They don't. They continued eating. They are committed to us. Yeah, if they had woken up in the morning and been like, hi, me, I want to go take care of myself, they would have gone hungry. Oh, wow, what? Do you click? Three. Despite the fact they were in, that they were in deep poverty, they were liberal in their giving. Liberality has nothing to do with the amount of money you have. Nothing. Poverty means a lack of necessities of life. I went and checked out World Health Organization. About, like, what does poverty mean? So you don't have food, you don't have shelter, you don't have clothing. It's a state or condition in which a person or community lacks the financial resources and essentials for a minimum standard of living. They gave out of that. No food, no shelter. Basically, there is no excuse. My husband and I once were asked, had the opportunity to give towards something recently, and we cleared our savings account. Yeah. Because if God. He owns it all. Saint Sizange, let me tell you. Eh? I'm going to build buildings here, what, do many things. And when I die, they'll remain. So the things I'm doing with my money, are they of eternal benefit? Do you know that right now we have an opportunity to set up an office in Mukono? To set, do you understand? The places we are buying land, we have an opportunity to establish ourselves in those places. 
Number four, they went beyond their, their power or ability in the actual amounts that they gave. It, that, that thing, it did. They contributed beyond their ability. What does that meaning? They contributed beyond the amount in their bank account. I even say bank account in their money pouch. I don't know. I told someone that my husband and I have never pledged according to the money in our bank account. Never, ever. There is never a pledge we have made. And we're like, okay, according to our monthly plan, and the ple- we decide. Sometimes God tells us, sometimes we decide. We're like, this is the money we are going to give. And then we start to give because we know. Number five, in spite of their financial wars, the Macedonians were freely willing to give. Freely willing to give. They didn't have much money. (laughs) Are we willing to freely give towards what God is doing? To help the people of God. But when we buy land in Mukono, we're not not buying land for Pastor Roxana. And Pastor Paul, and who in uh, where else are we buying land in Ginger? Hey, Gayaza, hey, Pastor Chris, Pastor Lynette. But you see, if God asked us to buy land and build them a house, you'd better buy land and build them a house because I know we keep using the excuse, but we are not building out. But what God is look, some of you are here making plans to build houses for your parents. And we've just been taught that our spiritual parents deserve double honor. So if you're planning to build a house for your parents, you had better plan also for your spiritual parents. Finally, guys, guess what? They begged to be allowed to be part in contributing to the saints. They were begging. I've experienced people begging to be excused from giving. But begging to be a part. I've heard that we are buying land. And I know you said a minimum of one million. But please, I'd like to give 10 million. Or I have a piece of land here. Please let us give. Hey, hey. To, to the point where Pastor Moses is like, no, no, please don't. Because begging means the person is refusing because they know your condition. You're like, please let me give more. Pastor Moses is like, no, don't give more. And I'm like, no, I want to give more. Because I've committed myself to God and to the vision of this church. Let me conclude. How do you give to the Lord? 2 Corinthians 8, 7. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. That sounds like the church. We abound in faith. Hey! We speak things in knowledge. We know things. Hey! We know what elder is in Greek. Do you understand? Hey! In all diligence, we come at 6 a.m. We clean the chairs every Sunday. I'm on the ushering team. Oh, and in love. We love you. You call, you come to our homes. You help us look after our children. But he's saying, abound in this grace also. The grace of giving. Abound in the grace of giving. When you're giving today, when they bought the offertory bag, did you just sort of be like, ah, how much money is there? And you dropped it into the bag. When you are giving today, did you calculate your tithe to the last decimal? Of I was given 101,000, so my tithe is 10,100 shillings. So you look for that 100 coin. Are you calculating to the last? Uh-huh. Do you, do you give like you're paying bills? Do you give God like you pay your border guy? Look for the oldest note. 
that you want to get rid of. Like these are the monies I want to get rid of and that's what you give to God. Do you give God like you tip your waitress according to how much he has done for you this month is how much you're going to give. If you did a bad job, I will not give friends. As you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. If we want to be, if we want God to be pleased with our offering, if you want to build a memorial before God, we are going to learn to excel in the grace of giving. There's a lady in Bishop Adeboy's church who made it her, like she's like, this year I'm building a church. A church, not people, the building. And her one man's salary built a building. Worship God with your money. Give with faith and give with reverence. Knowing to whom you are giving. Knowing to him you have believed. And he is faithful. And he is able. He'll do more than simply receive it. We've been listening to the story of Cornelius. He'll open the windows of blessing for you. Thank you so, so much. Wow. Yay. A memorial. Yeah. Wow. You can sit as we start to finish. Uh, do you feel like your giving actually is a memorial? Yeah. When you give pocket change to God, do you think he's building a memorial? Because the angel told this guy in, in verse 3, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he had observed, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Memorial, I looked at some other words for memorial, remembrance, keepsake, a pillar, statue, record, reminder, souvenir, trophy. Some people have trophies in heaven. Some people have trophies in heaven. Memorial. God is sitting there on his throne and there are trophies that are prayers and giving. It says in Revelation 5.8, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Somewhere else he talks about an angel having that. Some of us are angels. They are there carrying our bowls, but nothing is coming out. Like your thing is like, okay. Yeah, they've switched off the power of your thing. Nothing. Some people's elders and angels are too busy, too much incense. The, the smoke is too much, they can't be seen. As they keep, now, some of us, even our angels and, and elders, are now praying that something will happen. Tell the neighbor, build a memorial. I'm concluding. Let me read for you 10 of the most sobering verses in the Bible from Psalm 49 from verse 6 to 15 as we start to finish. Pastor B3 and Pastor Angela, please come up and let's start finishing. 
I want to read this in the presence of the saints. Those who are joining us on Spirit FM, I know you'll leave us in four minutes. Pastor Bithri and Pastor Angela, come quickly. Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their souls is costly and it shall cease forever. That he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. I don't know if people are paying attention. For he sees wise men die. Likewise, the fool and the senseless person perish, both the wise and the, and the foolish, and leave their wealth to others. Verse 11. Their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. Their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Mokisa Street. Kawesa Lane. Mohumza Avenue. Mahande Close. Biamanzi Boulevard. their names. They name thinking it will last forever. Then they, their children sell and then they bring a grader and and then they put a high riser apartment. Even your body which was they exhume you and extend your father to the village. You did not mind eternal things meanwhile you've tried to build you see it's bound up in every human being's heart to build a memorial somewhere that's why we turn our houses into works of art and whatever we do but the stuff on earth it's very brief there is an opportunity you can build instead in heaven like Cornelius was doing it doesn't mean you shouldn't have good stuff on earth. I believe in good stuff on earth completely. But not at the expense of good stuff in heaven. It's too quiet. It's too quiet. Yeah. Yeah. That you should and not see the pit. Okay. They, 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 name, they call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man Though in honor does not remain, he is like the beasts that perish. This is the way of those who are foolish and of their posterity who approve their sayings. Seller. Indeed. Like sheep they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And their beauty shall be consumed in the grave far from their dwelling. Yeah, you've never seen a grave in front of a house. They put behind those ends. 
where people can't see. Far from their dwelling. The hardest job at every funeral I've ever been to is given to certain men of the village who drink. There's a reason they drink and numb their senses. That's why they, they are drunkards at every funeral. Some of you didn't know their purpose. I'm not going to tell you their purpose. They are the last ones to walk away from the grave after the burial. Have you ever thought about how tough it is if they chose you that after they've put the concrete what that you will be the last one to walk away from that person and leave them there? That's why they are drunkards at the funeral. They hang around and they, they go home. They walk away. That's why after the burial, the family, the immediate family, they guide you. Okay, let's go back to the house. Because you can't bear to be the ones to leave the person last. You go with some comfort. Okay, we've left some people there. Drunkards. But the drunkards also must go home. So they, they hang around and they go. And all the makeup is gone. All the houses are gone. Yeah. Says their beauty shall be consumed in the grave far from their dwelling. This, this is a supering scripture. But God say but God but God but God but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave for he shall receive me seller God will redeem my soul through our Lord Jesus Christ Amen. those of us who have believed Jesus we, we have the confidence that it's not over at the grave Amen. hallelujah somebody Amen. are there any Christians left hey. it's not over so I give my life and purpose to the God who redeemed me from the grave. I do not sow to the flesh because the flesh will perish. It's just a couple of hours down there and the maggots start working ferociously. No, 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 no. God shall redeem my soul. One day you will die. That's a certain fact. And the only things that will matter are the things that you've sown in the spirit. Verse 5 of chapter 6, 10 of Acts says, the angel tells Cornelius, now send men to Joppa. When? Now, 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 now. Send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon Atana, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. He will tell you what you must do. Because although you pray, although you fast, although you give, you're going to hell. Yes. Because there's something you have not done that you must do. You must receive Jesus. Here is a devout man who feared God and prayed always and fasted and yet there was something he must do. I must conclude. Don't be one of those who die in religion thinking that going to church and praying and giving can give you salvation. No, 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 no. The Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it's a gift of God. Not of works. 
lest anyone should bust. You can't earn it. You can't pray yourself into it. You can't give yourself into it. You can't fast yourself into it. Cornelius was doing all the three things Jesus recommended in, in, in Mark 6. But there was something that he had not yet done. And this man, this devout man who feared God, God found favor with, he found favor with God and God decided that he would be the first pure Gentile to receive salvation. He said, this is my friend Cornelius. He's doing all the right things. He's praying, he's fasting, he's giving. I love him. I cannot let him perish. I must send my chief apostle Peter himself to his house to deliver the good news about Jesus. what he must do. Those in the studio, please stand. Yeah, yeah, Cabra. Yeah. Now, if you are in worship harvest, I don't have authority over any others. But if you are in worship harvest, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived into thinking there are many ways to God. If they were there, Jesus would not have died that cruel death to atone for the sins of the world. There are not many ways to God. There's only one way to God. That's why Cornelius, a devout man who feared God, who prayed always, who fasted, who gave generously, had to do something. So if you're in worship harvest, stop the games. Stop the games. Go join a missional community. And then under the command of your missional community leader, go and do evangelism. Do not lull yourself into a slumber that assures you that your neighbors are going to heaven somehow. There is nothing like that. is a must do must second timothy 4 5 says but you be watchful in all things endure afflictions do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry So if you've never given your life to Jesus you have no assurance that God will redeem your soul from the power of the grave that on the other side of the grave there is none to receive you this is your time this is your moment you're watching me online on TV Spirit TV Rest TV You must give your life to Jesus. At the count of three, I want you to put your hand up and I'm going to pray for you. And you'll have assurance that your death will not be the end of your existence. One, two, three. Just put your hand up wherever you are. And say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for redeeming my soul from the power of the grave. I give my life to you. Do something with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer.
you've given your life to Jesus, I want you to call or text the number on your screen, 0775642449. Call or text that number and say, I have joined those whose souls are redeemed. Otherwise, all those names that you've named after your lanes and whatever and your houses, it's useless. It's useless. We lost a great man this week, last week, Diego Maradona. And the whole world is mourning. I pray to God that someone was kind enough to have loved him enough to have shared with him that good news of our Lord Jesus. That after such an incredible greatness in life, a life that was troubled by that same greatness, that it should not continue in a place of no redemption. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.